for some people who are just looking for that ideal associate position that hasn't come along yet, what kind of advice could you give to someone listening and, and wanting that inspiration, that wanting that oomph? Well, I think from from my sort of perspective, doing those Saturdays, the reason why she asked me to do those Saturdays is because, as she went, you know, none of our associates want to do Saturdays. They're all that well, they're that little bit older, or they, or they've you know they've got their two kids or whatever. They don't want to do Saturdays, and that's true of a lot of private practices. They don't want to do Saturdays. They also don't want to do Wednesdays or or whatever. So, whenever people ask me, I always say. Go and find, go and research five, ten practices in your area that look fantastic and just go to them and say, look, do you want someone to work on a Saturday? Because probably they do. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, producer Arti. I'm Jazz Galati, and welcome back to this interference cast where we take a slight non-clinical detour. It's with our friend Dr. Rupert Monkhouse from Hashtag Impression Club. Listen, if you don't follow this guy on Instagram, you are missing out. This guy is like making removal prosthetics sexy again, and you may remember him way back in episode 73 where we discussed lower complete suction dentures, right? Uh, so this guy is a wizard. You need to check him out. And today we're talking about something a little bit different. Uh, Rupert actually works quite close to me, so we met up and I, I like to hear his stories of how he got his first, uh, or not his first associate position, but where he's at at the moment, a beautiful practice. And it very much covers this theme, which is a question I get a lot, which is like, you know, how do I go about getting my first associate position? And just if you scroll down on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening, or if you're watching on YouTube, I did an episode recently, how to get an associate position in four minutes. Okay, so if you haven't seen that, please check it out. But essentially, this is a story of how I got my first associate position. It's a story of how Rupert got his first associate position and how the relevant theme here is to be proactive. Nothing will happen if you're reactive. So if you're reactive, you wait for things to happen and then you will respond. Whereas when you're proactive, you are forcing change. You are a force to be reckoned with. You are actually a master of your own ship. You are you are in charge of your own destiny. Does that make sense? This is what it's all about. So the message and the lessons from this episode will hopefully inspire you to change the way you look at the world and look at dentistry and look at your career options to hopefully put yourself in a better position going forward. Let's catch the main interview with Rupert and I'll catch you in the outro. Rupert, hashtag Impression Club Monkhouse. Welcome back to the Petrusidon podcast, my friend. How are you? I'm good, mate. Cheers for, cheers for having me back. It was what, a year on from the first time. Yeah, it must be a year. How how how, you know, how fast time flies. Uh, if you haven't listened to Rupert's episode on uh, suction lower complete dentures, you must listen to it. Uh, it is something that is so useful for anyone who's looking to improve their overall complete dentures, but we focused on a, a very tricky area, a lower complete denture, uh, and Rupert did such a great job of that, so do check that one out. Today is a slightly different theme. Uh, uh, me and Rupert had a little meetup at a Turkish restaurant uh, in Pangborn. Uh, it was it was great Turkish food, uh, so if you're in that neck of the wood, uh, go to that place uh, near Rupert, so where Rupert, Rupert works, where Wood, near Woodborough House. Uh, it's called Lida? Ladi? What's it called? Yeah. That, uh, L- Ladi, Ladi, yeah. 
Wow, phenomenal. The Adana was amazing. Uh, and uh, so we were talking and Rupert told me the story of how he got his first uh, ever associate position. I was like, wow, this story is needs to be heard. And there's some lessons that we can extrapolate from this story. So Rupert, my friend, first just introduce yourself to those who didn't listen to that episode and to probably like the two people listening to this podcast who don't already follow you on Instagram. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're about, uh, and then we'll go from there and lead to your story, my friend. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, my my name's Rupert. Uh, as Jazz said, I was on talking about some complete dentures last time. So uh, I'm a general dentist. I qualified from King's uh, five years ago now. And my main area of interest is removable prosthodontics or prosthodontics overall. And I share lots of that on Instagram, on my page, Dentist Rupert. And since doing our episode a year ago on here, that gave me the the kick and the confidence to to launch my own sort of platform that I've been thinking about for a while called Impression Club Live. Uh, Impression Club was a sort of bit where people were sharing impressions and then it just sort of spiraled into, essentially it's another dental podcast. People come on Instagram, it's a live chat, uh, more like a FaceTime kind of thing and we cover a bit of everything and now there's a newsletter and a website and all sorts so it's uh, yeah it's gone a bit crazy in the year since I had you on but you were the catalyst man you inspired me to do it so I owe you that um, well, I'm, I'm, I, you're, you're taking it in a, in a beautiful direction. I love what you're doing. So please, guys, uh, check out impressionclub.co.uk. There's a big old subscribe button and a beautiful a beautiful pho- pho- photography of a denture. There's a denture, I believe. Uh, lovely photo of that. You know, Rupert's photography is also just phenomenal, his case documentation. So follow Rupert on Instagram. Check out the, the website, uh, impressionclub.co.uk. Register for a newsletter. And check out the podcast on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on all the main platforms. So if you like Protrusive, you will love Impression Club. Ah, very very kind man um but yeah it was it was cool when we were chatting the other week about it and um it wasn't quite my first position it, it, I, my my actual first position NHS yes, position right, it beat, right. beat me by about two months um but yeah essentially i mean it's the position that i'm in now you mentioned it earlier where we met at, at woodborough house so coming out of, of King's, I went up to FD up in Hull. I didn't do very well. Yeah. I, I want to just build some context here. I just want to uh, build yeah, a bit of context shoot. because people need to know the kind of practice that uh, Woodborough House is. It's in a beautiful area. Uh, it's a fantastic private practice. Uh, your principal is this all singing, all dancing prosthodontist who does these uh, amazing big cases. He has a freaking module. Okay, so if you guys don't know what a module is, like it's like the it's the closest thing that you can use to uh, basically get a, a motion tracking of of, of of the TM of the TMJ of the jaw. And you, uh, again, Rupert covered this in one of his Instagram lives. So if you want to see it in action, check out one of his Instagram lives. But the the kind of kit this practice has is beautiful. I had you know you very kindly gave me a little tour. What a great vibe of the practice that you have. So this isn't your average practice. It's a beautiful practice uh, that any dentist would, would would love to work in. So the the the, the crux. Of it is we are you know dentists are messaging me saying there's a lack of opportunities how do mm-hmm. i get this all singing all dancing uh, practice position so this is where um, i've just built some context so how did rupert at such a young age uh, get the position now the story will absolutely blow your mind yes i mean i was it all started when i went up to my fd so i finished at king's went up to fd i went up to hull East Riding of Yorkshire because I did very, very badly in national recruitment uh, and I thought it was the end of the world and all of that, but I actually had the best time, the best year and I think that also comes into the theme of the story overall. So I ended up there and actually I've 
landed in a fantastic practice. I mean, we talked about it in, in our episode of Completes and it had the lab and they let me do you know, what I wanted and things like that. And the the deanery for, for Yorkshire wrote, I think it was in a pretty much early first sort of month saying, we've got these two tickets for an FGDP study day down in Birmingham on, I don't know what it was, Friday the 10th of November or whatever. And I'm from Worcester down the road. So I was like, yeah, why not? I'll apply for that. If I win that, I can go home on the Thursday night, see the folks, pop down to Birmingham on the Friday, come back for the weekends. Great, I'll do that. So I applied for those tickets and I won those tickets uh, and went off down to Birmingham. And at the time, I was really interested in paediatrics. I like the bookends of, of general dentistry. And I've got, I've got the dentures and, and the paediatrics. Because uh, again, <laughs> my, my practice up there had... Uh, had a, a charity, it runs a charity that I still do some work with, although COVID curtailed it a bit, called Teeth Team, where you go into schools and they supply brushes and uh, they do supervised brushing and then you go in twice a year and do a, a DMFT and all that kind of stuff. So I was really enjoying peds and wanted to go down that avenue, maybe special interest or, or whatever. And the it was a holistic dentistry, put the mouth back in the body kind of FGDP day uh, and there was a guy doing peds and he was actually the consultant from Leeds and I'd had the study day with him three weeks ago or whatever and I chatted to him at the time and I wanted to go and chat to him a bit more having thought about it and said you know what I want to explore this and maybe look at you know a master's or something like that but it was one of those you know hour and a half talks and then there's a 30 minute coffee break and I sort of sat there going oh there's a bit of a queue I don't really want to go and and then I got, I got sort of mm-hmm. 10 minutes to go and I thought, you know what, I need to, you know, I need to just go and do this. So went up and stood in the queue and started chatting to him, you know, I'm enjoying this. And, you know, we chatted a few weeks ago, I want to explore it. And then this woman, just as they do, you know, not a lot of time left in the queue, sort of just joined in the conversation. And the three of us were just chatting away. And, and her point was that his uh, presentation had been mainly about paediatrics, high needs, being in low socioeconomic areas. And as you mentioned with the area of Woodborough House, it's a pretty you know, well-off area. And she went, well, actually, she did all the paediatrics at Woodborough and said, well, actually, I see a lot of kids from, you know, not you know, not a low socioeconomic status and they still have a high dental need. So maybe it's not exactly right, but we got chatting and then it was, you know, Abby Banerjee's coming on to talk about composite, everyone take your seats, da-da-da. And as we we're walking back to our seats, you know, she said, where do you work? And I said, Hull. And she said, do you want to move to Reading? Uh, and I laughed it off and uh, <laughs> sat on down and listened to Abby and whoever else came on after. I think Ian Chappell did some perio after or something. It was fantastic. Uh, and then, yeah, three, four hours later at the end of the day, she trapped me down at my table the other end of the room and said, no, seriously, do you want to move to Reading? And I said, well, I'm an FD, so I'm looking for a job in September. This was November of FD, so I've been graduated two months at this point. And I said, well, I'll be looking for a job in September. And she said, great, here's my card. Uh, and yeah, a bit more context. She's from New Zealand, her and her, her husband, Nick, um, from New Zealand. So all private dentistry there. Uh, Nick, he always loves to tell me that when they moved here, they moved to Earl's Court, as all New Zealanders do, apparently. And um, <laughs> he worked in the NHS for a day and gave in his notice and, and left as soon as he could and was just like, no, no. So they ha- And they'd been in private practice for 15 years. So they have no real context of what an FD was, that it meant I was probably 23, which I was, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but she just liked how I spoke to this consultant, essentially. 
and yeah, gave me a card and we started chatting a little bit. I mean, that's the the, the key thing to, to to pick there. Of, of, of all the things, she just liked the way you spoke. Like, what did he even say? Like, what, was it just that you are polite? You're a polite young English man, or you know, what was it? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think probably just that. I just spoke to a consultant well, and I don't know, mate. I can't, I can't remember what we talked about. In there. I knew it was roughly it was about wanting to do special interests, but I don't know. Just the way I, the way I spoke to this consultant, and I think looking at it now, um, you know, not one to jump ahead, but essentially as I transitioned through, she retired last year, and I became full time in her position basically because I think she saw herself in me and nurtured me over the three years to then mm. take over her list uh, so I, th- I think that was partly it she just sort of we just sort of clicked and that was it but that was the November and then she actually called me I think I was on holiday I think it was in Italy she called me that summer at the end of my FD and she she was in Italy as well with um uh, there was a big group of dentists out there. I can't remember what it was, but uh, there's quite a few famous dentists out there. Slaney was out there and things. And I think it was about mentorship. And that, I don't know, that email got in her head and she she called me and said, do you want to come and do some Saturdays? And at the time I was in my, my first full job, which was in, or I'd just taken a job in uh, Fulham down the road from where I live now, ironically, uh, in a big NHS practice. I was doing five days a week and alternate Saturdays. And I sort of looked at that and went, I haven't really, but go on then. I'll do my other alternate Saturday mornings in, in Pangbourne as well. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We work so hard on this Protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Because um, I just thought, you know what? This is so, a great so at this time, let's just, let's just uh, pause there. So at the time, you committed to working every Saturday, basically, because you're already doing a Saturday at the other practice. So you pretty much committed to working every Saturday, which no one, mm-hmm. no young dentist wants to do really. No one ever, and forget young dentists, any dentist wants to really do that. But you saw an opportunity here. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's great that, you know, that came upon you. We'll, we'll, we'll dissect that a little bit later, but, you know, how that came to you, what lessons we can draw from it and how we can now uh, apply some of that magic to, to people listening and watching. Um, you put yourself in a position where you're going to be overworking uh, in, in a way. How did that make you feel? And how did, what about, you know, any relationships you were in at the time? It, 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 you know, it just put a strain, all this, you know, working as a dentist six days a week. It, it's a tough gig. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It was. And when I look back at it now, I'm just like, that was crazy. But it, it's got me into the position that I'm in. I mean, the, the good bit was, is that I was living, as I still do, in Fulham. And it was a, as, as we were chatting before we, we started recording, you know, it's a 10 minute walk to the practice and it was pretty, you know, pretty reasonable nine to five hours in Fulham and things like that. The odd 12 to late or two to late or whatever, but on a Monday, but 
even on that Saturday, I was working eight until twelve or one, like twelve thirty, I think it was. You know, I'd be home by one o'clock. It was it wasn't that big. Whereas trekking out to Reading on a on a Saturday, I won't get back until half three, four o'clock. That was it. Was those days that were the sacrifice, not the Saturdays in Fulham. But there was that benefit that mm-hmm. I saw of doing it, and and it was great to one year out or not. Yeah, literally straight out of FD, I started. I think the November then. I started that so two months after finishing FD I started doing these Saturdays and to be in that kind of environment albeit with none of the other specialists and things there because it was a Saturday it was still being in that environment having that patient base and having the the sort of support of that team around you uh, was definitely it was just a massive massive plus. Did you find that you were crapping yourself a little bit? Did you have uh, imposter syndrome? Did you feel like, oh my goodness, uh, am I really about to do this? Tell, tell us about the, those kind of thoughts, if you had them. Uh, were you, you know, what were you thinking? Yeah, I still have them. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I think no one, <laughs> no one doesn't have those thoughts, man. I think, yeah, it was the nice thing was that when I went into the position of Sarah is very good and just said you know what just you know treat people the way that I know you will and it will come and there's nothing in terms of the work and this, this is again the really great bit about Woodborough or a place like Woodborough for a young clinicians because we've got endo pros perio uh, oral surgery ortho we've got pretty much every specialty bar like oral med and peds ironically um, yeah we've got a registered specialist and everything else that so actually you can just sit there and go you know what I just want to do posterior composites that's all I want to do I'm going to get good at it I'm going to do it and now well, we've got Celine now so I don't have to do those either if I don't want to you don't have to do anything you don't feel comfortable <laughs> with because you know and you can just turn and she said just use the line you go look but the, this is a you know it's not a cheap practice We've got someone here who's even better than me. You may as well pay them a little bit more and, and do it with them, you know, because they'll do a fantastic job. They love doing this. It's like anterior composite bonding stuff. We've got, you know, a couple who love doing it. And I just go, you know what? I'm going to sit there stressing out over it. He's going to love it and spend all day polishing them. Go and see him. Like, So there was, no, there was no pressure to do anything. And a lot of that early Saturdays was a few nice family checkups, few emergencies, which, you know, you can never really go wrong with, you know, an emergency, an extirpation. They're always going to be grateful that you've seen them on a Saturday and all that. So mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. that was a nice way to do it. I think if I'd gone into like a full list on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that would have been a lot trickier. And, and maybe in a practice where you don't have that support and it's just, you know, you mentioned again about Nick and it's not that often that Nick will do a full course of the treatment. They'll see the endodontist, they'll see the periodontist. You know, that's just the ethos of the practice is whoever's the best person to do that bit of the treatment, they'll see. So it's, yeah, it's it, there's no expectation that, you know, you're going to have to go in and get a massive OPG and do a full mouth rehab. You just haven't got to do it. That's not the way it works, which helps. That's great. And so I want to find out more about when that sort of initial encounter happened uh, with your uh, soon-to-be principal uh, at that talk at the FGDP, what lesson can we, can we, can we, can we sort of pass on to uh, those listening and watching? Uh, well, I think that it's a lesson of, and, and you know, to, to the simple mind, you can take a step back and say, you know what, Ru, you know, some might say Rupert got lucky. And you could say that, I think there's always an element of luck, like, you know, who you get married to at the end is, is based on a little bit of luck being at the right place at the right time. So there's always a little bit of that, but it's more 
more, I'm, I'm a big fan of you make your own luck. So the fact that you applied mm-hmm. for those tickets, the fact that you stood up and you were thinking, oh, should I go? Should I not? But you did. You went there and you conducted yourself the way you, you know, you're a charming man and you, you know, that's shown through and first impressions are everything, not just with dentures, but in life in general. Uh, so I think that has a lot to do with it and being proactive. Um, what, what kind of advice do you give to uh, our younger colleagues listening? I know we're both fairly young as well, but for some people who are just looking for that ideal associate position that hasn't come along yet, what kind of advice could you give to someone listening and, and wanting that inspiration, that wanting that oomph? Well, I think from from my sort of perspective, doing those Saturdays, the reason why she asked me to do those Saturdays is because, as Bushi went, you know, none of our associates want to do Saturdays. They're all that well, they're that little bit older, or they or they've you know they've got their two kids or whatever. They don't want to do Saturdays, and that's true of a lot of private practices. They don't want to do Saturdays. They also don't want to do Wednesdays or or whatever. So, whenever people ask me, I always say. Go and find, go and research five, ten practices in your area that look fantastic and just go to them and say, look, do you want someone to work on a Saturday? Because probably they do. And, and they'll want to take that. They'll want to take that on. But 100% say, yeah, I definitely got lucky. But yeah, I made, made my own luck by thinking, you know what, I'm going to go for this. It's the same as rocking up to somewhere like the BACD conference or the ITI conference or tubules or or whatever it is you know put you go out into these environments and we always say that cliche of like dentistry is a really small world and it is and if you look at the the bubble of the online dentistry it's an even smaller world um, you know so but those are also the circles of people that tend to go to BACDs and, and things like that so you know, go off to these events because one, it's good for you from a CPD perspective and social and get out of your little box surgery and meet other people. But yeah, it's it's a small world. So make sure you're one representing yourself well, because good news travels just as or if not slower than bad news travels. And yeah, put yourself out there <laughs> and just have a look around. I totally agree. And I think uh, to add to that, I think don't be shy. And to use an old uh, cliche, um, your uh, network is your net worth. So uh, the amount of CPD sessions, Section 63, they used to call them, you know, those freebie ones in the evening in London. The amount of those I went to uh, was insane during my FD year. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, my my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, she was studying in Liverpool. uh, And so I didn't have to worry about seeing her until the weekend. So I had the free reign during the week to go to as many of these events as I could. And even the weekends, Friday, as many free courses, cheap courses I get my hands on, I would. Uh, Any opportunity to to network, I, I would. But more than networking, I just was there to learn. And what happens is that you, you like just like you said, you strike up these conversations, you find that you get a bit of luck, you're, you you find yourself somewhere at the right place at the right time, and things happen. But if you don't put yourself out there, if you're going to be too reserved or, you know what, make his life very comfortable, like just, oh, you know, what, I'll just sit here with my mates, my FD mates, I'm not going to go and, you know, speak to someone new today, then, you know, where is where are those opportunities going to come from? So one uh, thing I wanted to add here is a story of when I got my job at Richmond. So uh, for those of you know, I worked at Richmond uh, with a guy called Hap Gill, amazing dentist. Like he treats mm-hmm. some, you know, brilliant celebrities you wouldn't even imagine. Uh, a great inspiration, uh, a lovely practice by the river, uh, the record the Richmond Riviera. You know, so it's a great place. And you know, I would have, I would have bitten someone's hand off if they, they had that opportunity came to me. 
earlier, basically. So it was a it was a practice that anyone would love to work at. And so eventually I got the job after I came back from Singapore. But even like that was in 2017. But six years before that, in 2011, I was just tweeting because at the time I was on Twitter a lot. I'm not anymore. I haven't got time for Twitter. But the time I was tweeting and I was just striking conversations. And this one of these conversations I struck up happened to be this all singing, all dancing, we use that term a lot today, uh, dentist uh, in Richmond who I developed a, a relationship with online. And then one thing led to another. We just stayed in touch. So that is probably a, a more... Um, you know, new age Instagram generation, social media generation example of how mm -hmm. things can eventually work out for you, wouldn't you say? No, ab absolutely. And, you know, moving down the the track of that, that journey a little bit more. I mean, I did those Saturdays and then I think it was about a year later, so 2019, I think again, November, I don't know why everything happens to me in November. Uh, I started doing uh, Wednesdays. <laughs> I started doing Wednesdays and just working with Nick. So they, it was sort of, so I just went, this will be really good. You know, come in and just shadow Nick. You enjoy pros, come and shadow Nick on a Wednesday. It's his consultation day. He'll do, he'll fit the odd implant crown, fit the odds, you know, set of crowns, but you know, no surgery or things like that. But just come, come on in and, and shadow that. And I was like, well, I need to drop a day and at my NHS and all that. And they were, you know, obviously very supportive with that. And, essentially just sort of sorted that and then I spent what would end up being six months with obviously then COVID came in 20, 2020 but I did six months of doing those mornings and then my Saturdays started to get full so then I started seeing patients on the Wednesday afternoon as well and then eventually it became all Wednesdays and then just as lockdown happened I left my NHS job to start a part-time job in Worcester where I'm from and that was through Instagram so that was um, the mm. Tom Crawford Clark's practice, um, Shrubbery Dental. It's his family's family's practice, and he just put on Instagram, literally on story. We're looking for an associate, and again, just sort of went, you know what? I'm gonna go for that. A couple of phone calls later, shoot down to Worcester and and have a meeting, and end up going to work there. And unfortunately, had to leave that place after a year because then Sarah said, you know what? You know when I said I was going to retire at the end of 2023, I think she said she went, ah, it's going to be like next week. <laughs> So I had to I had to finish that quickly and <laughs> literally I think she said oh I'm going to I think end of 2020 end of 2022 and then she just turned around I think as a lot of people did sort of covid wise and just went nah I don't really uh, I'm not sure I think yeah and again it was sort of stuck between doing the business and doing the running the practice and doing dentistry and all that stuff and I think I'd I don't know earned my stripes or or whatever by then and got the opportunities to then go in and and replace her fully which looking all the way back to it became the sort of master plan I guess was that I was going to be molded into this replacement um but yeah that, that other job came through Instagram and I've got yeah people who get it through yeah not maybe not dental Twitter anymore I know that's still a thing but it's a bit more political isn't it uh but yeah definitely <laughs> Instagram's a good place just to keep an eye on the ground and and again it, people know you through whether it's personality your work through your you know digital portfolio it's uh, it's an easy foot in the door isn't it a great point and uh, term of uh, use the term digital portfolio because nowadays uh, more and more dentists uh, especially younger dentists new qualified they're they're journeying they're journaling their dental mm. progress uh, on their Instagram uh, and I, I've known plenty of colleagues who've gotten their jobs because someone just messaged them saying hey I like your work I like your composites come and work for me because they, they see that okay if this dentist is taking time to A photograph so meticulously their work and B the hardest step is B which is share it to the world 
the first time you post a case, as you know, me and you are you know been doing this for a little for a while now. But uh, you, if you remember the first time, I oh gosh, I remember the first time I posted a case. I was shitting myself, man. I was like, oh my God, you know, what's the world going to think and whatnot? So um, to put yourself out there is a big step. And when you get comfortable and you, and you see that the world hasn't exploded by you posting a case, then you start posting a few more and then it's okay to take some criticism and you learn and stuff and that's okay. But I think that shows that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm meticulous. I like to document. You take a lot of those zoomed in shots and you show to someone that, you know what? I care about little details. I care about my, uh, my, my what I'm doing. I care about how I um, roll the marginal ridge and all those little things. So attention to detail really shines through. So that's the, the digital portfolio. But just to take a step back, there is still a role of the classic way, i.e. one of the other jobs I got very early on as a DCT in hospital, I wanted a Saturday job, so I didn't de-skill. So then I just rocked up at my local practice, uh, even though they weren't hiring. I just gave in my CV, dressed up smart on a, on a Saturday, had a polite conversation with the receptionist. And lo and behold, also in November, Rupert, also in November, <laughs> picked up the phone and said, OK, uh, I need a new associate, uh, you know, come, come and get a job. So there are those traditional ways as well. Do it. And I think your advice, just to in case someone missed it, your advice of the top 10 practices that you want to work for in your vicinity, go out there and if that job advert doesn't exist, doesn't matter. You make your argument compelling. You say, I'm willing to work Saturdays. I'm willing to do this. I'm, I'm hungry for knowledge. I'm hungry to learn. This is me. I'm smiling. Look at me. I can, you know, uh, I'd love to work for you kind of thing. So that is, is, is going to be a great way to help a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I think absolutely. And you're, it just shows you, as I say, the, the photography stuff, as you say, is important. But yeah, putting yourself out there and willing to learn and even just things saying, can I come and shadow every other Tuesday or, or something, you know, because it's, it's easy when you've just come, you're early on in your career, you're worrying more about your earnings and things like that. But doing a bit of shadowing like that is going to be so, so valuable. And think even my sessions with, with Nick those mornings and I you know got essentially salaried to to be there and things like that and the, which was which was of course helped it but I took so much away from just being in that environment because even on my I say my Saturdays it was me and a hygienist that kind of thing I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily see as much of you know how the specialists or the more experienced general dentists would be with the patients and how they put things across and uh, even you know sitting there watching Nick put a plan together and do a letter and suddenly you're seeing a you know a four or five page you, know, you make it clears or, or whatever um, you know really extensive thinking and putting it across like that that learning things like that is so so valuable as well and again it just shows that you're willing to to get in there and be a part of it uh, but I think well the biggest piece of advice clearly is be on your A game in November because everything everything happens so we've got what another <laughs> seven eight months to to get on point for for November. <laughs> very good, very good. Now um, you remind me of something. I had a chat with uh, Paul Goodman recently. Uh, a episode at the time of recording this hasn't been published yet, but he is the head of Dental Nachos, and he uh, you know made a really good point that when you ask someone if you could shadow them, that person who's allowing you to come to your clinic is doing you a huge favor, like enormous uh, favor. Like, uh, when I have a dentist shadow me, I'm going to be slower. It's going to take me more time. Um, I, I, lo I love it personally, but it does take me more time, more effort. I have to um, make sure that 
I have things a bit more structured and I've checked my diary in advance uh, to make sure that that dentist is well cared for uh, and the, the, the team can look after them as well. So we, you know, when a dentist allows you to shadow them, they're doing you a massive favor. So A, don't be afraid of rejection. Ask if you can shadow. And B, if the dentist doesn't reply or um, you get a no, don't take that to heart. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal to let someone come into your clinic, come into your space, come into your surgery to let you do that. So uh, definitely ask, but don't be disheartened if you get some no's. Not everyone is comfortable with, their, with, with, you know, with their dentistry being watched. I know some great dentists who still to this day will not allow anyone to shadow them because it's not, it's not comfortable. And that's fine. That's cool. Let's, let's, make, let's make peace with that. Uh, but, but still get your message out there that I am hungry for, to, to, to watch someone and definitely find those opportunities. Uh, even if you have to take, um, I don't know, sacrifice a day, sacrifice some pay, uh, any way you can to, to get that experience is, is invaluable. Shadowing for me as a young dentist uh, is, is, is great. And I still am looking for opportunities to shadow now and again. And, and I love it. Yeah, 100%. I, I took so much, so much from it. And uh, yeah, I was already in the practice at that point, but it definitely helped me integrate or transition even better into that role of, of private practice uh, or high end, you know, high end sort of specialist referral private practice. Um, and yet you get so much more out of it than that alternate Wednesday or, or whatever it is that you lose from your your other work. Uh, so yeah, I think definitely worth doing. My, my final question for you, Rupert, is in your journey, how long did it take for you to come to a point to feel confident to be like, you know what? I'm cool to be associated as the, the the dentist who loves dentures and I'm proud of the dentures and here's my photos of my impressions because you know what? I'm proud of my impressions and, and they look good and, and, and they are, they're, Rupert, they're amazing. So how long did it take you and or how can you, I mean, it doesn't matter how long it takes anyone. It's more about reaching that stage. So how, on that journey of development, how can a dentist listen to this um, expedite their development in a way to, 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 to find their niche and then be proud of their niche and be able to share their niche. Because like I said, most people are afraid to, to show their work. So it takes a lot of steps, sacrifice and hard work to get to a stage where you've now created a niche. And like, you know, everyone knows you're awesome at a lot of things, but especially dentures, like you are known for it. So how do you get known for certain things? How do you um, become comfortable in your skin to, to, to be able to, to do that? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a funny one, really. In terms of the social media stuff, I never, I never did it with any intention of becoming the denture guy. Uh, I literally, I made, I made the account. Uh, well, this is something we, we sort of cruised over. We, we almost got onto it at the start when I was doing the six days kind of thing, and it, there, there was a point where I was really, really struggling in in practice and things like that in terms of just the blasting of NHS and things like that. It just wasn't, just wasn't for me, and. I'd have these bits where you start to follow a bit more on Instagram and we talked about it in our other episode. I do a lot of landscape photography and all that kind of stuff. And my normal Instagram was getting filled up with, you know, George the Dentist doing remarkable things and whatever. And I was like, some days I don't want to look at this. So I'm going to make another Instagram. I'm going to make Dentist Rupert just so that I can unfollow it all from this and follow it on that. And if I don't want to look at teeth that day, I can I can switch over and I can look at lovely pictures of the mountains in China or whatever it is. Uh, and that's what I did. And and then it was the odd story 
posted the odd story picture of an impression or whatever and then impression club became a thing someone else tagged it first I didn't I didn't come up with it someone else tagged it and I thought I'm having that that's good um <laughs> and uh, yeah it just started a little bit like that and then you know I did it stories first you know like dip a toe in the water right because they disappear after a while so it's fine and it got some traction and people wanted to ask, start asking questions. I was like, okay, people, one, are interested because you, you, you don't think that someone's going to care about primary impression of a, you know, a dentist patient or something. And they respect my opinion and want to know. So I thought, you know what, go on then. As you say, still first case is terrifying, right? Um, but it it was yeah that was sort of it really. I thought you know people actually do care and people want to hear about it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. And it started off slowly, and a lot of the pictures were horrendous. And then you go and do Menesh Patel's course and learn how to take them properly. And uh, shout out shout out to Focus as everyone as everyone does. And yeah, I think just take it like that. But I don't know, the weird thing is is I always think I did a the you know the drill podcast i don't know if you've heard that one the two uh, two chaps uh, fourth years yep. at uh, kings uh, and they were asking me about you know, running a, a successful dental social media account and i just said like i have no intent i had no intention of doing it i think the weird thing is that people you go out and you go i want to be an instagram dentist so i don't really know about about that because it just sort of again happened by accident probably in november and yeah, I think yeah, it's just I think <laughs> just start start steady, have some stuff banged up, and just do it because you enjoy it. Like it makes me enjoy my work more. I think the even though I get you know I get a lot of questions, how do you have all the time for all the live sessions and the podcasts and all this? And I, it's probably the same for yourself. That's actually my favorite part of the week. I all love so much my Tuesday nights where I get to call up some epic dentist from wherever and have a chat with them for an hour about teeth because well we're both the same we're both a bit geeky really and enjoy enjoy teeth maybe a little bit too much <laughs> but yeah you know, I just it, it fuels my passion for it I had the passion in the first place but it just fuels it and, and keeps driving it on so I think yeah, doing it for the right reasons is really important as well I totally agree and I think just to remind everyone the way this podcast started was I I, I mean the whole overarching theme is sharing because I was uh, driving to Oxford back to London, to Oxford, to London. Uh, and every time I was driving, I was speaking to a new dentist, telling them about my experiences in Singapore as a dentist. And therefore, it got very laborious. Uh, and eventually, I was like, how can I record it on a voice recording and just put it out there? Oh, there's these things called podcasts exist. So essentially, I was sharing my experiences, and then I was sharing some other people's experiences, uh, and then that's how it grew. And in your case, you were sharing your impressions, you were sharing your enjoyment of dentistry. Uh, and so um, the lesson here is share. I'm not saying give up dentistry and become a content creator or anything. I'm just saying just share. And if nothing comes of it, it doesn't matter. Do it because you love to share and you will help someone else uh, who may be a few steps behind what you're sharing to figure out, oh, if I just now start using polyf as my temporary cement for my temporary onlays, I might get better uh, success than I than, than not. And then you little nuggets, you know, you know, not everyone knows what you know. And uh, you have to be comfortable with that, that even though you, the, the listener right now, the watcher right now, even though you feel as though you don't know everything, no one knows everything, you, you can still contribute to our community of learning and therefore the answer is share 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 don't be afraid to share and and that's the beauty of doing it on on instagram really is that everyone's there for the same reasons we're all just sitting there trying to get little little tidbits and and some people want to sit there and absorb it all like that's what i was doing at the start just absorbing it all that's fine and as you say we're all going to have something we're all going to have a, a tip that someone else maybe doesn't do or not even maybe 
a new tip, we maybe just say it differently. And other people that resonates with people in a different way, and things like that. So it's even just so sometimes true. how you put it put it across, which is which is important. And the, the funny thing with your story, and I remember you you talked about that with how the podcast started. It's exactly the same as how the live session started, because I'd get lots of DMs and I'd get the same few DMs. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to make some videos, and I may as well do them <laughs> on a live with my technician, and we'll run through five different cases and answer them all. It's an FAQ. So yeah, I think just uh, yeah, go with it and just share. If people are asking you the same stuff, it's probably means that people want to listen to it, right? Amazing, you're so right, uh, Rupert. It's been a pleasure as always. You're very welcome, uh, Petrusarati, an alumni of this podcast. Uh, guys, please check out Impression Club. Uh, just his Instagram account, but also the podcast, the newsletter. It is full of absolute gems, as we say. Uh, so, Rupert, my friend, thank you for making time for this. Thanks for sharing your journey. Again, back to sharing. Thank you for sharing your journey. Uh, I'm sure that will help a lot of people. Cheers, buddy. Thanks again for having me on, and uh, I'll catch you soon. There we have it, guys. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Rupert Monkhouse. Listen, if you found this to be inspiring or uplifting or there was a nugget in there which you really thought, yes, you know what? I needed to hear that today. Then please, can you say your thanks by going on iTunes uh, or, or Apple and uh, Spotify and giving me a rating of your choice, the you know, ideally five, if you thought so. But please do rate the show. That's how other people, other dentists around the world can find out about Petrusive so we can share the love, share the love with everyone. Anyway, I'll catch you in the next episode, which will be a clinical one. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to keep it a surprise. But it's one I promised quite a while ago and I've been you know, holding it as like a little trump card. Put it that way. I've got a little trump card in my pocket and I'm about to take it out. So catch the next episode. Same time, same place. Thank you so much. <laughs>